0: Hello and welcome to another comedian's interview for my blog and podcast, A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching over 1,000 comedians and counting for almost 50 years. My guests today are the co-directors of the Hastings Comedy Festival, Chris Young and Jake Alexander,
1: yeah. Yay. good to good to see. Hello, Hello.
0: How are you? You all right?
1: Yeah, yeah not too bad for Great. Monday.
0: Well, thank you so much for doing this. It's going to be uh, an interview uh, about your comic careers, lasting about 45 minutes to an hour. And the first question is you are both co-founders of one of my favourite yearly comedy events, the Hastings Comedy Festival. What gave you the idea for a comedy fringe and how did the festival begin?
2: Firstly, Rich, thanks for uh, saying that it's your, one of your favourite uh, events of the year. I really, we really appreciate that. It's always good to see you by the seaside and uh, sharing comedy with us. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, how did the idea come about so we have to go back to the summer of 2015 um i think at the time i'd been over to see brighton fringe in the june of 2015 um and we saw a bunch of shows i was doing you know comedy at the time fairly locally around the southeast been to a you know a, a decent number of venues um and me and Jake were walking down the famous George Street in the old town that you may, you know, the cobbled, the cobbled historic street of George Street. And we were looking around and we were saying, oh, we could we could bring a festival to Hastings. We could we could do that. We you know we, we could get that started. And that's that's that was the starting embers of where the Fringe was born, was having a stroll down George Street mm-hmm. um, and, and was picking ideas up from other kind of events and, um, and festivals that we'd seen um and that was that was initially the spark of, of the idea was was yes yeah, summer of 2015. yeah and it
1: Brilliant. was an idea an idea you know like sometimes you talk with your friends about oh yeah that would be really cool if this happened or maybe we should do that and it never amounts to anything. So <laughs> no, I mean, but in this case we stuck with it we've got a plan together um we I know quite a lot of uh, landlords in the Old Town and we thought Hastings Old Town would be perfect because of the way that it's situated, um, lots of venues quite close together so I said to Chris, I was like, if I could set up some meetings with some landlords, some venue owners and then if Chris tries to kind of recruit some comedians to be involved, then we'll try it and see, see where it leads to and we kind of pitched an idea. To people without having it much to back it up really apart from the idea um so we, lots of people put faith in us as we did with, with lots of people as well in that first year and it was i suppose it was exciting obviously there's a level of anxiety kind of going into the unknown um but yeah we spent probably i don't know mate nine ten months planning that first year chris would you say yeah and- relentlessly to get to make sure and we're both you know I wouldn't say perfectionist,
2: but it's not far off in terms of it has to even down to the small detail had to be. You know, we we knew going into it that we just just didn't want to have a room and a mic and then just allow people to turn up. We had to design it really from the ground up in in presenting it so that it was a fun place to to, to play fundamentally, and but also it would then allows it to be a fun place to then watch and then the two go hand in hand. So that, those are the kind of the key core criteria that we wanted to do. And if we, if we showed you the first program we, we brought out and the, and the program that you saw the, sum, the summer of this year, like the difference that the journey that it's come on um, being it's kind of eighth year next year, you
1: yeah. know, is,
2: is, you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: we've we still got the program, haven't we? We yeah, uh, yeah, Before I'm- June, before June this year, we we got every program out at like a timeline of everything. And uh, yeah, that first year, but we, we pulled it off. It was interesting though, because we were, like telling people, Oh, yeah, we've got this idea that we're gonna do like bring like, a live comedy festival to Hastings. Just people, some people were just like, oh yeah, <laughs> like kind of like question, <laughs> really? Like, where, where's this come from? Because it was quite at that time, obviously we're verified of it now, people know who we are and what we do, but that first few months, people yeah, took a chance, basically. They really did take a chance on us. They were exhausting. Um,
0: it's so good because um uh it's very similar with 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 how my blog started. All all I had was an enormous Excel spreadsheet of every single act I've ever seen since the 70s. And I thought, and I thought, who's gonna wanna look at this? But my friend in Carlisle, she runs her own business and she said, This is crying out for a blog. And literally I said, What's a blog? And then a friend of mine said, if you've got a camera on on your pc you can do a podcast as well as a blog and it just took off and it and it's wonderful for a for a festival like hastings because you're in a beautiful setting and to have the idea of that you're you're obviously both massive comedy fans like me and you just want to spread the word of positiveness and joy because because to actually go to a comedy show is extraordinary
1: um oh that's nice yeah that's that's a sweet thing to say richard that is and that is it it's it and we get a lot from that you know Mm. facilitating that laughter for everyone every year and facilitating a platform for the comedians to perform um yeah so we get we yeah it's, it's definitely rewarding Brilliant, brilliant.
0: Um, please tell me the process of setting up the Hastings Comedy Festival every year.
1: Okay, um, shall I start, Chris? Yeah, you can, yeah. Yeah, okay, so, I mean, we've got a really good routine with it now. We're quite um, structured and disciplined with the planning because we've got to be, really, it's mainly me and Chris. We have a team around us that offer help and advice, especially over the five the week of the festival. Um, we start, think probably September, October, we start having conversations about it again. Um, about kind of what worked what we want to do differently next time. Then on Halloween, every year we open up our registration. Uh, so I, an open application for comedians to apply. We email quite a few agents as well to make them aware, which is good. Actually, over the last few years, a lot of agent agents sending us acts to perform which kind of shows the trust in what we do. Um, Yeah. And then we just start reaching out to the venues again, kind of making them aware of the dates for the next year, start communicating that for our social medias as well. We normally put some social media posts out, save the date type thing. Um, And Chris, you kind of also try and get sponsors involved, don't you?
2: Yeah. We, uh, we meet every Monday once we, once we launch that, october 31st day we're meeting every monday and from that we'll have like you know a set agenda that we have to work towards and we'll just uh, write down um some of the venues that are working with us and we'd have to we have to make sure you know from the festival to to run itself is that there's enough kind of funds coming in to make sure that it's operational so we have to make yeah, sure yeah. kind of operationally that the thing has to go ahead and obviously we've been hit the last two years you know with, with what's happened globally and that affected events you know, worldwide, and we had to adjust to that. So, the setting up process is we've you know we try to make it as streamlined as we can for the venues to be a part. It's streamlined for me and Jake to make sure that we can manage it. It's not overwhelming, and as streamlined as possible for acts to take part. You know, when sometimes when you're applying to some other you know festivals, there's a lot of process to go through and a lot of things to submit. We make that as as streamlined as possible um because acts are busy gigging in the the last thing they need is to to have any barriers in place Um, so the whole process is yeah is designed you know from the from the ground up really
1: we try really we aim on a good year we aim to have pretty much every comedian booked by early spring so we can put put the listings on our website Um, but we start booking acts really kind of around christmas time because we've got enough to allocate um we're very kind of like we like I said, we're very structured with what we do and nothing goes missed you know a lot of it is i think this year chris i've actually is the first time i've created a spreadsheet for us <laughs> like, <laughs> normally it's in my notepad you know um so yeah. i've got notepads i'm a big fan of lists um, Jake, do you remember the first year when it was just in my head,
2: and you, you said to me, "You need to get a notepad because I had everything in my head, and where everyone was playing in my head." And you were like, "Yeah, but I can't get access to that. So can you like, <laughs> can you can you write it down, please?" And I was like, oh, "Okay, but in my in my head, I knew exactly where everyone was playing." But you were like, "Yeah." yeah. You know, there's not a shared drive, Chris. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it, it's a it's a one drive in your bra- in your head. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, but, like, but but it's so true about organizing. You've you've having having grown with it. You've got to be organized, and you've got to you've got to I suppose time manage as you say. You start thinking about it. September, October time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It comes around so quick, Richard. Every every year we're like, no, we've got a few, we've got a bit, we've got we've got time, and all of a sudden, once <laughs> Christmas is over and that New Year's done, every, you know, it's 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 it comes around really quick. We have to we have to go to print by March, so wow. we have to make sure that we have to make sure that our you know our programs designed and that everything's up to date you know so that we if we miss those deadlines it's you know there's no point having a
1: festival when the programs aren't ready you know
2: so yeah you know, that's, that's a
1: that's the, a busy period isn't it getting a program ready is probably yeah. the busiest period outside of the week that the festival's running mm-hmm.
0: because we've got yeah, deadlines
1: yeah. we aim really it obviously it depends when easter falls but try yeah. and get it like ready to distribute by easter which is normally six eight weeks before something like that ten weeks yeah um and we we know we do we hit our targets every time we, we're good with it we are I mean, uh, we've got our own process i think also rich it's important to say we've got a model that doesn't rely on funding
0: right.
1: um and that was quite important when we set it up you know because we could for a few years get some art council funding get some funding from the local authority but we always we knew that that was always be risky so we didn't wanna create a model that was reliant on that money. So the model that we got isn't, so we could do it year in, year out, no matter what's available to us.
0: That's fantastic. That's such a good idea. I mean, yeah. I, mean I mean, with all the organization that you've got now, what difficulties or challenges have you had to face with in, in the past in, in, in setting up the festival? I can't I can't imagine there there are many difficulties because it runs so smoothly when I come along.
1: I think I think when COVID hit, that yeah. was obviously a challenge. But I mean that that year we had the whole listings and festival planned and ready to go. We were I think we were just in the process of getting our program together mm-hmm. in during March when the lockdown was announced. Um and there was that glimmer of hope that the covid might be over in 12 weeks do you remember that <laughs> and and that was kind of like 12 yeah. weeks 12, 12 weeks until our opening night and yeah. obviously you know but everyone had to cancel everything that summer but what we you know to put a positive spin on it we moved our festival to online quite quickly and we had um comedians send us live recordings of their set or their show that we were able to then stream on youtube and facebook so mm. we had a a lockdown online festival and i think we're probably one of the first festivals to do that um, we, were, and we managed to put sorry jake um managed to put that out
2: there in like what, like four weeks three or four weeks to get that together mm-hmm. from, from the time of what we had to cancel we were like oh we need to start we need to move things forward and, and get that online and
1: that was uh that was a challenge wasn't it that was a yeah it was a period it was like actually we should probably try and do something here um and we did, we managed to pull that off. But that you know that was challenging, but I suppose it was challenging for everyone at that, that time. Um, I don't know, really. Obviously, there's some expectations, I suppose, sometimes, you know, from acts or audience members that you've got to try and manage. It can be quite tricky, but I think we're yeah. quite good at that as well. I don't know, Chris, what would you say, challenges? I was just thinking about
2: it. <laughs> it's, uh, mm. it's a tough one, because we're so adaptive. Whenever we... Yeah. Uh, now we, we've, we've, yeah. We, whenever we've had a challenge, whether it's environmental, or whether it's something that's, you know, that's happened that's, you know, out of our control, we've always tried to manage it as best we can, and we've never, you know, ever said, oh, we're just going to cancel. This. We've always come up with a solution as to how we can move forward, and I think the audience and then the people that come actually see that, and you know, we, we're you know, although we're directors, we're very much hands on. We Sat in an office allocating shows, and all of a sudden you don't see us. You know we're we're running auxiliary cables sometimes from venue to venue, or you'll you'll see me holding a PA equipment and you know loading it. And when they're the first to turn up and with the last to leave, you know, and sometimes that's a a challenge in itself. Making sure that you know we're you know on one side of town, Jake's the other. We're in constant discussions of each other and making sure that everything's a well-oiled machine and and uh, sometimes when people turn up and they see the show and they leave they don't really always understand the kind of the challenges that led just even to that day you know i remember when um when the first festival happened in 2016 it was the eu referendum opening yeah. night was it, really Opening know. night was eu referendum on the wednesday absolutely bucking it down with rain and we were like Oh, train, you know, train delays. <laughs> train delays, there was, there was waterlogged and we were like, oh, no, the, the, first, this. And, <laughs> yeah, the first shows were like, oh, okay, this is quiet. As soon as the rain stopped for those eight o'clock, 8.45 shows, people came out and we were like, oh yes, people came out, you know, so that was, uh, everyone,
1: yeah. had gone
2: to everyone had gone to vote first and then they came to the shows after
1: so. us. <laughs> it was bizarre, but of course that was going to happen. But then obviously we had the, uh, like you said, the added element of the horrific weather. Yeah. Um, the train issue as well. I suppose. I suppose most obviously, there's challenges that we have to deal with each year. But I suppose, yeah, that first year probably was the most challenging. But but we had a lot of support with us and the venues. Like I said, we we're all got kind of going into the unknown, so it was a bit trial and error for the, that first year or two. Um, so any challenges that we had, we learnt from them and tried to ensure that they didn't happen again. You know, and normally it's pretty smooth to be honest. Like each year.
0: What is wonderful to see every time I've been there is that both of you are on the ground all the time. I've seen you uh, at doors uh, whilst I'm queuing up, about to go in and making sure everybody's okay going into specific things. So that is well noted that you are both seen on the ground. It's not just here's a festival, go and enjoy it. You're actually there doing it. And the other, the other thing I wanted to say was uh, how good the online um, thing was for, for you, the, the, the online opportunity. I When, when um, lockdown happened, I attended a lot of online comedy nights and done well, they, they were a very good substitute. But when I first went along to them, there was no audio on them so i was sitting here looking at four walls laughing to myself thought i was going to be taken away but 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 when the comedians when the 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 audio came on and the comedians could judge the laughs and chat to the audience it was a very good substitute but by god you can't be live i'm so pleased everybody's back doing what they do because the the whole industry was decimated of course and now everybody's trying to to come back, so um, thank you for all that you do. Um, what do you think makes the uh, Hastings Comedy Festival distinctive?
2: It's a, it's a tough one because uh, it might be for something that someone from outside looking in might be able to answer in terms of what makes it distinctive. We've we've always tried to get you know the branding right. We've always tried to create that real close together festival experience that you might get from you know other festivals say for edinburgh for example where you have that kind of stretch of of venues stringed together in the old town because the festival started in in the old town where there was five or six venues that were very close together and people would be seeing one show they'd run to the next show and we were sitting there and we were observing like you know, that's what we wanted to kind of emulate was that kind of rush around, see one show, run to the other side of the street and pop in and see that. So whether that makes us distinctive, or, I'm not really entirely sure, but that was something that we, we were quite critical make making that experience rather than having venues across town where you would see one and then you'd have to what, get a bus to the other side of town. It, for us, it didn't make sense. It didn't feel like what we wanted to create as a festival if we were going to go
1: down that down that route, Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think also the fact that it's over five days, so Wednesday to, to, and including Sunday, which makes it nice and compact, like Chris just said, you know, it could be, I mean, the venues have spread out a bit more now, so in Hastings Old Town, the town centre, and St Leonard's, um, but the fact that you could go and see a show at 7.30 in one venue, then two minute walk to see an 8.45, and then maybe, you can see three, three comedians at three different venues over three, four hours. And I think that's really good. And I think the audience um, and the community really appreciate that. And that's what we're setting up now in St. Leonard's as well, a similar feel to the old town. So there'll be four venues and probably three of them will be running shows at the same time. I think our kind of design and promotion stands out as well and get become really creative with our poster and our program uh front cover and i'm really kind of like proud actually of what we what the designer and us put together each year it's very standout. i think we kind of like have the ethos of, of it's our festival so we can actually really do what we want <laughs> you know and i think that creativity comes across when it comes to our poster and program very as well. yeah
0: yeah I, t- I totally agree with you. I love I love the compactness of it. I, I'm very fortunate to go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year, and I, I take a week for my holidays, and loads of my friends come along. But I have to design this incredibly com- complicated spreadsheet. You have to be in the specific areas at one time and everything. And it's wonderful, that, as you say, you can see three or four comedians in the space of a minute here and a minute there, depending on where you are in Hastings or St. Leonard's. Um, yeah, but yeah. certainly as well, I've got the, the 2021 programme here, which is, is so distinctive. It really is. And the other thing as well I want to say is the location. It's, it's wonderful to get out of London. I love living in London. I've been in London half my life. My home city is Carlisle. But I love to get away, and it's one of the nicest places to ha- to have it as well. And and to have the two or three different areas is lovely.
1: Yeah, but Hastings is a really cool town. To yeah, be fair. I mean it's only ninety thousand people live here, but um, it's got a it's got a good reputation. It's got a reputation for many reasons, to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean especially in June, you know that's what we yep. always thought do it in June. But we have all so, oh, so many local festivals that happen here. And there's a festival actually uh, called Fat Tuesday, which happens on every Shrove Tuesday on Pancake Day, really cool music festival. And that's been around a few years before us, but very similar in the fact that it's bands and musicians moving around venues. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but June in Hastings, is it's a wonderful time wonderful, to be yeah. down here. It really is with the beach and just normally really nice it, warm weather. Yeah, yeah. The town
2: loves the festival. This, I think there's... I think there's someone did say there was like 45 festivals a year in Hastings, which is the most festivals per capita anywhere in Europe. So the most festivals for 90,000 people is in Hastings. Um, However, it works. So the town, the town does get behind its events and have really kind of supported us. And I mean, most of why people attend our festivals is is, is word of mouth. Um, yeah, yeah. To come back each year. Yeah. Um-
0: how do you approach the venues? Do you use the same venues every year or do you look for new venues every year?
1: Yeah. We look for new venues for sure, and we always look into add extra venues to what we've got. Um I suppose in total over the last seven, eight years or so, we've probably worked for about 20 different venues, mm. but we normally try and have about 12 or so each year. I mean, like most of them have been with us since year one but then you know Hastings again it has venues pop up and new places opening all the time and we have an idea actually that could work maybe it's and we just approach them have a conversation around what we're doing are they interested generally they are which is a good sign and we kind of go and meet them in the space try and work out if it'll work work out the dates that they they would like that doesn't conflict too much with kind of them their popular nights or making money um, I think it's good that over the years now we've managed to work with venues that are pretty much closed rooms yeah that first first year there was a couple there was definitely a couple of venues where it was microphone and pa system in the corner um but yeah we're happy with our venues and, and generally they're very very kind of accommodating and welcoming and happy for us to work with them
0: and that's and that's good because you build up a team rapport with them every year they'll know um what what when it's going to happen and what's going to happen every year now so you've you've
1: you've created this bond between them all it's great They know yeah. as well They we if you know we come in like this time of the year into their venue and we're like oh it's that time of year again, yeah, they <laughs> <are> again. <laughs> yeah.
0: it's happening I'm, again
1: <laughs> and i'm pretty i'm pretty sure half of our equipment is scattered over venues still <laughs> 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 <'Cause, And I'm, laughs> got so much yes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the the um,
0: nice thing I noticed as well was uh, because the weather's better down uh, in Hastings. There's a lot of outdoor venues as well, which is lovely. You you
1: you you hold um, uh, uh, shows outdoors a lot as well. Yeah, yeah we've actually got an outdoor venue. That I don't think you've seen. Right. Didn't it, we? We had it up until 2019. 2019. Yeah. yeah. We call it the Comedy Shack. Nice. Um, and in George Street in the open space in George Street Butler's Gap we've knock up a makeshift venue um, but it's legendary and it kind of kind of like yeah we have comedians perform throughout the five days sometimes some music- musicians perform um, up until I mean Friday Saturday night sometimes up until 12 one o'clock in the morning so hopefully yeah. we can do that or something similar next year That'd but the Jenny Garden's always cool isn't it Chris yeah, I was just thinking, Jane Lynn Gardens is a, is a really good
2: space. We, we had, um, 2019 as well was the last time that we did the uh, secret garden party, which, oh, so yeah. what we did, we had a, a house in the old town that wasn't too far from one of the venues, so and she had a lovely, lovely garden, like a little courtyard. And uh, so what we did, we, we would have acts that were coming down that were doing shows, like maybe six to eight acts and a compare, um, and we'd have them in the garden. And then I put a post out to say, the first sixty people to get to this part of, you know, outside this venue, this part of town, gets in. We're uh, leading up to it. We're teasing what that where it might be. So we'd say outside. Duh, 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 duh. The first sixty that turned up, we'd have a staff member, a volunteer that would, you know, walk them round to the venue, and then we took the post down. And then no, everyone was like, "Oh, we missed it. Where is it? Where is it?" So we created <laughs> this kind of demand, and then we 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 had a show in the garden, and we've had some really good acts come through and do that, and they were like. Do you know what? That was one of the most fun things I've done. Cause I get to plug their show as well. It's completely outdoors, and it has this kind of exclusivity about it. Where when when we walked back to see if anyone else left, there was about forty people there that were just that didn't get there in time. So, um, so because it was sold out. So. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and we, we can kind of do those things because we're not kind of bound by any kind of production company or any type of yeah. funding. After we, 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 it is just me and Jake coming up with ideas where what should we do, how should we do it, when should we do it, should we do it now, you know? Um, so it's fun, it's a fun process, that's right? That's, yeah. So, yeah, it's
0: that's fun. so good, such a good idea. And, um, then,
1: and the, Je- the Jenny Lynn Garden, um, we always had shows in the function room, which I think you was went to a function room show, didn't you? <laughs> and then last. Last year, yeah, when we had to, it was still some COVID restriction rules right? Um, and it was table service and stuff like that and it, it worked out it would be very difficult to do it in their function room. We were sitting in the garden with the manager of the venue and we just thought, we could just do it here. Uh, <laughs> and we kind, of, we kind of looked around us and thought, I think that could work. And now, like, I'm really proud of them shows actually in the Jenny Lynn garden because it offers something different. It's a Sunday yeah. evening or on a Saturday or a Sunday um we had uh and it rained didn't we perform chris on the saturday and it was raining (laughs) (laughs) you got you got to prepare for some bad weather but biblically biblically raining
2: he 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 called me and said i'm going on tour because he because henning lives uh in st ellis which is just well because it is hastings but it's just the next kind of town along and um he called me and said you know i'd like to you know do a show and i was like you know we've literally got like a like a half past one slot and he was like, I'll take it. So he took it, sold out in about eight minutes. And then um he-, he said, Can I come back tonight? I was like, Yeah, if you want. So we found him at the slot about half past nine and he came back and that sold out again. And he came back, he, he started off with a show obviously really kind of rough with the notes, and by the evening it was completely polished. And I've never seen yeah. I'd never seen it. Been t- seen both versions of it turned around so quickly to go for I think it was like an hour and a half the first show and then he came back and tightened it right up no notes obviously he's a, he's a true professional but it was it was good to see that organicness of it or to go from I've got some notes can I work through some stuff went away for seven hours came back and then just hit it hard and I was like yeah. wow that was,
1: that it was, was it cool. was impressive to see I mean even the first yeah. time it was the first time that he actually performed it wasn't it so you don't twice in a day yeah um and yeah, that's the second show. Like you said, it was just so tight compared yeah. to the first yeah. draft, almost the first performance of it. It was one great of the, to see.
0: One of the one of the um, nice things about the blog is that I've seen so many comedians start off and watch them develop over the years. But to see it within a day, that's extraordinary. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, seriously, and yeah, it shows he's a professional when that's yeah. that's what he does. Yeah. brilliant
0: brilliant um how do you decide which comedians or comedy acts perform at the festival is there a decision made or
2: so we we have a we have an open registration process um which we started again that's always been our process what we mm. had last year uh was an overflow from 2020 acts that were cancelled the 2021 festival had three venues that couldn't accompany uh shows because of the space and the distance between what tables needed to be from public Health England and that kind of stuff so we have to actually honor about 40 or 50 slots to to acts that we had that needed to be followed on so we contacted them directly and said would you like to have the show so we kind of we kind of reached out and curated it ourselves for last year but this year it's just you know straight open application process you know you can download the application form from our website me and jake go through them every monday and um and uh, yeah, that's, that's that's and we try to create it, you know, as fair as possible, so that it gives the best opportunity, you know, to acts that are just starting out as well. We you know we've always that's kind of one of our core ethos is that we created a festival, you know, not for acts that kind of don't get a chance, but we will definitely like go through and consider that. And some of some of our kind of you know best kind of shows that we've seen over the last years have come from acts that have started out you know, very early on. Uh, And that's been very enjoyable
1: for us and makes me and Jake's kind of worthwhile having an application process. Yeah, we have. I suppose there's always like a core group of comedians that come back most years, but I think it's nice to be able to book acts that we haven't booked before. Um, That's always good, seeing emerging comedians come through and perform in Hastings for the first time. But it's also nice that comedians come back each year and build up an audience in Hastings so from one year to the next, their 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 numbers in the audience might get bigger and bigger and bigger, which is really good to see. Uh, but it's quite a fun process, I suppose. We can't obviously we can't always allocate everyone. Um, no. You know, it's just not possible. And I think with our on our website, we're quite clear about that. We do have a finite amount of shows that we can that we can book for. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this year we just like Chris said, every Monday go through new applications. Uh, what agents have got back to us who 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 are they looking to book so it's quite a fun process
0: yeah it sounds it i i uh i love the fact as well that the the with with my blog it, it it runs exactly the same sort of process really it's not just for the well-established acts that i've seen but it's also for the brand new comedians and watching their journey i'm i'm i go to many um free free comedy nights and i'm always the friend that they bring along because they know they're gonna get they're gonna get a laugh <laughs> mind you if they're not good i just sit in silence <laughs> Never <Another> heckle <laughs> anyway um can you tell me more about promoting you touched on it before um there is a lot of word of mouth and the um program is fantastic but the do you promote through um tv pc uh social media that sort of thing
1: yeah i think i think uh social media is great because it's it's like digital flyering you yeah. know and uh, chris is really good actually with the design so we have like a a tile that we design for every act with their show information, a picture of them, the venue and stuff like that on it. And we make sure that's shared on our social media. So every comedian, it's fair, you know, everyone gets that share. Um, so that's, that's a great way of doing it, I think. And then obviously alongside the programs, the online listings, local media as well, and regional media that we work with. Um, what else, yeah. Chris? How else do we? Whatever,
2: whatever our budget really allows, Rich, in, in all honesty, yeah. we... We have a we have a small budget for if it wasn't really kind of word of mouth we we wouldn't think anyone really in the outside of the southeast or Hastings in particular we really know it even happens but you know it's people that you know if you have you know twelve venues and and, and three shows a night that first night everyone goes back to work the next morning and says oh you know and you know and then that, that kind of snowballs effects or or leading up to it we 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 sent out you know thousands of programs and they're all gone all the know the retention value of a program you know if we was to advertise in the paper it would cost us a few hundred pounds once that paper's gone for the day no one really remembers the poster in the in the newspaper it's not saying we don't use that we just we just try to utilize the, the most reach for the least amount of money obviously word of mouth is the cheapest um getting together a good program ahead of time you know the retention value of that is you know weeks and weeks and weeks um know we 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 try to reach out as far as we can obviously if you're gonna you know if you're gonna try and reach out into into london you're gonna spend hundreds if not thousands of pounds in doing that and we we really haven't got the budget to do that so Mm -hmm. um we do the best we can we think we do a good a good job of it if we we look back at the you know the figures and the percentage of you know shows that are well attended we're like okay we're doing something right to get people to get bums on seats because we couldn't you know it's kind of like we don't allow we, we try not to allow it to fail and it seems such a cliche of course you do know but we li- we literally like how do we do this so that we make sure that every show is a, is a success and that kind of draws back into what you were saying earlier about it just not we're not just booking acts and booking you know we want the we want the venues to have a good time as well so they come back we want acts to have a good time and we want the audience to be you know when you're sitting in a comedy room and there's not many people in there it's always it's not always the best place to be but once it's kind of getting towards full up or full up you're like okay the, everyone here feels kind of relaxed and and um so yes yeah, so we so our promotion is is limited as reaching as, as, as far as we can get it
1: <laughs> yeah we've got to, we've got to be smart with it i suppose and it's almost like a timeline, really. So that this time of year, people starting to know the dates for next year, open up the application process, start talking to venues. So that is starting to get into, inside people's heads, some social media. Uh, January, February, you know, you know, on a good year, we can start adding names to our online listings, do a promotion about that. So people can start getting an idea of what comedians are booked. Then posters go out before the programs, so posters start popping up around town. Programs are released eight to ten weeks before. So it starts to get a buzz, people thinking and talking about it. Um, and then by the time June hits, yeah, normally our numbers are pretty good. So, I mean, there's always room for improvement, I think, with Froesha. But Chris is right. It's what our budget enables us to do. But then, you know, you're in London, lots of comedians from all over the country. We actually do get people coming down from all different parts of the country. And we talk to them, we bump into them throughout the five days as well. Um, and that's always great to see. I'm like, always surprised. And yeah, um, when someone's like, oh yeah, i come down from Derby for this. Like that, you know? <laughs> so it does get out there. There is a reach. There is a well, reach, yeah.
0: What, what I'm going to do, if you allow me, I, I will put the ticket link on my my blog and also um this interview will go out eight to ten weeks before so people are aware that it's coming up in 2023 and hopefully okay. um you know we'll get we'll get as many people there as we can um thank you my pleasure my pleasure do you ever have a backup plan if an act cancels at the last minute
2: mm. so for that uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we we are, we've been really fortunate. Our our dropout rate for 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 the festival is actually relatively low. Yeah. Um, I think it's mainly because it's a you know it's a fun festival to to play. It's so close to to, to Edinburgh and people really want to get the, the time in. If for whatever reason it's unfortunate enough that they can't make it down for for whatever reason, then you know we've had it before where acts that have come down have gone. I'll just I'll I'll just jump on and and, and do that. We've had we we've, we've had you know there's a a comedian called Paul Merrick he, he, you might know who's we, we had a, an act that just didn't realize that they were down for that day they thought it was the next day so they had an audience a room full of people and uh and, and Paul Merrick absolute legend was like I'll get up and he's done an hour in entertained them, and they were like that, that was you know that was, that was, that <laughs> was really good. Um, we, we've had it where you know someone is you know last year someone wasn't able to make it down and uh, myself and two other comedians from Hull jumped on and then to split out between us three. So it's not often, but what it does, we're quite resourceful. And we're and we're surrounded by, you know, acts that are doing shows. There's acts that come down to support their friends and and some and, and sometimes they'll say, is there spot for me? To, is there spot for me to jump on? I'm like, oh, we're not really. So whenever it comes about, we're not too far away from a comic who wants to jump on. So. Yeah, I
1: think we were pretty good with it, aren't we? There's there's your occasion and it did happen large. Last- last year, where it was just too late in the day. Um, But then circumstances happen, we're we're managing and overseeing lots of people coming into the town to perform, you know, and sometimes we just can't replace someone last minute. Um, And, you know, normally the audience are quite kind of, you know, considerate of that and understanding. But yeah, I think definitely when it gets to the weekend shows, normally we've got people, right, that are just happy to jump on. Even if it's for half an hour, you know, they give the audience something that have turned up. Um, so, yeah, we kind of got a plan. We kind of prepare in some ways that there might be some dropouts. We never expect everyone to turn up. Yeah. we always the, the, re- the, reason,
0: the reason why I um, asked the question is that that exact thing happened last year when we were there. We were, we were booked to see, I think it was Sasha Ellen, who I've since seen, who's a superb comic. And for some reason, she couldn't make it. And it was that whole show because uh you had to walk onto the set, Chris, and do yeah. 15 minutes. And I'd yeah. never heard of Gary Jennison, the whole comic, yeah. and he come on and he did 15 minutes or however long he did. And he said, he 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 said, um, uh, does anybody want to ask me any questions or say anything? And I put my hand up and I said, um, i eat two packets of crisps a day and i wonder why i'm still alive and <laughs> from that he created and just about 20 minutes of the most perfect i could not stop laughing and i shook his hand afterwards i said that was brilliant he said he said you've given me an idea for an hour-long show <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so everybody was happy you know yeah, yeah. i'm, Gary, I'm Gary, hoping to come yeah. on here because uh, he'd
1: be wonderful to chat to, but- we, uh, Yeah, well, we, we know Gary and Jed, we've actually- Jed's Yeah, Jed Salisbury. Um, a few years ago, we was at an event at the Bill Murray, um, mm-hmm. which was really great, actually, and there was quite a lot of comedy festival and fringe organisers there. And uh, we got to, we got to become quite a good friends with Barry as well. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, um, and we met Jed and Gary for the first time, and I don't know actually how did it develop? But we, we see him like two or three times a year <laughs> now. Did we uh, not we, <laughs> but, yeah, I was just thinking of her what well, was the follow-up to that? But we went to Leicester Leicester Comedy Festival
2: and I you know I, I I you know I class Gary up there as one of the most naturally funny men Comics yeah. I've met, you know. Totally he, says, he says when he comes to Hastings, he's twenty percent more funnier because he feels like, "Good, he's Northern. He's from Hull." But he just, he just, he, just, he just thinks that. And I don't disagree with him. I do think if I had a Hull accent, I would probably be twenty percent more funnier. So he, <laughs> he, likes coming, he likes coming down here because his accent's more distinctive, and they and and, and they love him down here, and we, we love him down here. Yeah, it's the same great. with Jed, as well, it's
1: really isn't great. it? You know, it's same so with they, Jed. With both of them, they're great. They're great. I mean, Jed. Jed has his own solo show, but they also. have kids show as well which is bonkers yeah yeah
0: yeah he jumped on yeah it's nice really really great Um, last year in the same week with that we were there we watched the newcomer of the year norman award show um um in 2022 which was hosted by barry ferns who has been on this podcast and featured a number of new acts, including the winner, Matt Rouse. What are your views on comedy competitions in general? Do you think they're a good thing for comics?
2: Yeah, for me, yes. Uh, I'm not it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, you hear people saying they don't want to do uh, competitions and that. I always ask them people why, because I want to know what their reasons are so I can make the competition that we put on the, the best. Um, yeah. I think some of the feedback is that some of the, some competitions are, you know, solely audience only, which means it opens up to, you know, who, who can bring the most friends down to an event. Mm. Um, so it's, it's difficult. I, I think it's always good for young acts to do competitions personally, for, for me. Um, but we just try to make ours as fun as possible uh, and have a really good lineup. And obviously we, we open ours up to have, you know, a real kind of newcomer mix to that, and that's from people that have done ten gigs to, you know, to to that have done, you know, eighty to 100, hundred, etc. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think that, I think they're a good thing. I've, I've done a few competitions, and you know, the, the only the only criticisms I've had of some of some competitions is that you'd, you know, you'd you do a you do a set, two or three or four breaks, and at the end. The compare be like oh one was steve two was susan three was mad and you're like yeah they don't know who we are so that so then everyone was wandering around going so what number was four and i was three you were three so who was two and i'm like ah oh, i know that you know that needs to be kind of needs to be t- tightened up a little bit otherwise people just remember the last two because they don't really remember anyone's name so no, yeah. Um, yeah
1: yeah yeah I, i'm with you I think, I think they're a good thing for up and coming emerging comedians, there's nothing with it, a bit of competition um, and also it's an opportunity for the newcomers that we book every year to perform to an audience in Hastings as well and what yeah. we offer, we offer the winner a chance to bring their full show back the following year, Barry MCs it and hosts and he's excellent at what he does um, so I, feel, yeah, I think it's okay, I think as long as it's managed okay um, they're a good thing yeah. but mainly for like emerging acts for, for people that are quite new to performing.
0: I, to, I totally agree. The one, the one that we saw last year, I've seen about two or three of the acts since, and they're obviously gaining momentum as they go along. Um, there was a, about about a couple of weeks ago when uh, I went to do a pub quiz, in my local pub in Wimbledon where I live. And uh this girl came up and she said, Oh, thank you so much for um featuring me uh, in your blog. And I and I didn't realize she was a stand-up comedian. <laughs> so I said, Oh, we'll have to get a photo and everything. So we did, and it, it was wonderful. And she said, Yeah, she said, I, I do a lot of competitions and you saw me there. So it does work, you know, obviously. And I think it does help obviously help a comedian's career. Yeah, yeah, we, okay. yeah, yeah, go on,
2: Jake. No, go on, Chris. <laughs> we we we've uh we, we, that's what that's where we started the newcomer of the year, or, or the Norman Award. We've had some acts, you know, I remember the first year we had it in the Albion Jake and we had a really good lineup. It was like uh, early, early doors, Kelly Convey, Russell Arafon, mm-hmm. you know, and we and when Russell won it that year, we said to Russell, you know, you've got you've got to come back and and bring a show. And he was like, Oh, I've not written a show. And by the next year he came back with a show and it was a fantastic show. Um we've had you know Michael Oddwali um there's been uh yeah jenny hart you know we both we we, we really opened it up to 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 act at the time but um especially early on that that weren't kind of you know hadn't written a show yet or weren't gigging that much yeah yeah now we see them and we're like yeah okay that's that's you know
1: it's good to see yeah it's good to see Uh, yeah definitely there's comedians now that are very verified on the comedy circuit they're doing one of their social medias they're yeah. hilarious you know and the first time we saw them was that our newcomer a few years ago you know uh, and there's loads of examples of comics like that have come through like <laughs> that so i'm quite I'm quite proud of our competition actually we've done it every year
0: since, brilliant
1: yeah, yeah since 2016 um it's cool it's, it's good for it to be a part of there's lots of regulars that come back each year that year that like it as well in the audience so yeah i think we'll carry on doing it won't we chris Although, yeah! Although I forgot the helmet this year I was quite annoyed at myself We had this handmade uh, Norman helmet With a chainmail
2: Whenever someone wins it They put, they put it on they get, a, you know, they get a little prize And they get to have the, the Norman Award helmet Which I think Michael O'Dowdy Was the last person we had put that on <laughs> We wasn't sure <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite heavy But it kind of it, Again it kind of it makes it dis- it makes the competition distinctive you know because if you see someone wearing a helmet you know our, our anticipation is that people go oh you won the norman award and you know what is a Norman award nothing and everything we don't know but um, <laughs> we, we, it's fun fundamentally it's fun and that's yeah. and, and the show this year i thought was actually the one of the strongest newcomers lineups that we'd seen it was so strong and that was felt to us it was really healthy for, this, for comedy our after two years of outage.
0: Very much so, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, Tell me more about Life Away from the Hastings Comedy Festival. For example, are you both stand-up comedians with stand-up careers? I know you're a stand-up, Jake. Um, Jake, I know you're a stand-up. Chris, are you a stand-up, Jake? I'm not. You're not? No, no, I'm not. So what do you do for work other than the... Uh,
1: So... Yeah, i've got awesome. a career career in health and social care wow yeah so since my mid-20s um similar to chris to be yeah. honest we, me and chris actually met
2: yeah
1: at work in a residential yeah. home in 2012. Right. <laughs> so that, right. and i think because of that we knew especially when it comes to organizing a comedy festival we knew that we could work together so, i mean it wasn't like two friends that grew up that had this idea we actually met at work knew we could work together and that helped with the development but you know, I've got yeah career. So um, worked in housing, worked with rough sleepers, people with complex needs,
2: uh, drug and you.
1: alcohol drug and alcohol treatment, which is what I'm currently doing. Yeah, so yeah, I've got quite a career that I'm proud of. Outside
0: Very of organising
1: this, um, also on the board of trustees for Hastings Furniture Service, which is a really cool charity in Hastings. Um, I'm a parent as well. I've got a 15 year old son. He's 16 next month he loves comedy as well with this year we've actually started to go to gigs together which is good oh,
0: brilliant yeah
1: yeah so it's nice and the comedy festival is like a nice addition and a and a good balance as well compared to our day jobs yeah yeah um, which is we love extremely rewarding but you know it comes with its challenges. i mean you mentioned that your your job as well rich so yeah some similarities i suppose yeah very much um, so yeah.
0: I, yeah I i i look after um, special education need kids uh, school travel. Oh, there you go. And that's very yeah. rewarding as well. And, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely love it. And I had I had eleven years working in a s on a reception in a school, and before that was in the civil service. So it's all adminy sort of. Yeah, pace. and the comedy is such a massive bonus because it's such a joyful, joyous thing, you know, to, yeah. to, to, to have a hobby and a passion for.
1: But the, amount, the <laughs> amount of times that people ask me if I'm a comedian, honestly, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, lot, it's you a are, lot. You're very funny. I do enjoy writing um, and public speaking when I get the opportunity, I suppose. Yeah. But, but I've, I've never, no, never got up and told no. a joke. however Chris
0: you have
2: yeah yeah I um my my, uh yeah I started I started I mean I've been writing comedy my whole life you know it wasn't until I was 24 25 25 when, when I first got on stage um and then had I kind of did it the other way around I kind of written an hour show and took that to another festival before I'd nailed down a solid 15 minutes and t- and, and toured with that. Um, because I'm down on the southeast coast by the sea, for me to travel up, you know, it's two or three or four or five hours for me to get, you know, London past London and that. And yeah, yeah. So I'd uh, you know, the festival was a really good opportunity for me also to to bring comedy closer to me as well into the into the town. Well,
0: but, it's, yeah. it's great that you're standing up and carving a career out of
2: it as well. Yeah, I, I also so like similar to Jake, I you know I work full time in, in mental health services. Yeah. Um, you know, currently at the local authority, but you know moving on to uh to um different things. But comedy is always it's it's kind of like trying to have a healthy balance between you know for me, I'd love nothing more than to, to be out on the road eating Gingsters pasties at the M1 and performing. <laughs> back you know but whenever i come back the 821 is always shut so it's like, <laughs> it's like, i can leave but i can never come back
0: i infamously once had a go at stand-up comedy myself um i wanted to get it off my chest uh, <laughs> I've, I've told many a comedian this story i knew i used to know a promoter and uh, he said, Yeah, yeah. He said, we've, we've got we've got a gong show for old people. Uh, have you got a set? And I'd written a three minute uh thing uh, which he liked. And he said, Well, go on then. And, and you've got three minutes, and I might gong you up. So I walked out, and the first thing I said was, Um, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. People think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, the ski jumper, but I can't see the resemblance myself. And of course, I'm his double, and there's three people. <laughs> There's three people in the crowd, three old blokes, and one old bloke at the back just went, fuck off! And, <laughs> <laughs> and that was my comedy career. And as I, as I walked off, I said to the promoter, I said, never say never again, but I think my vocation is sitting in the audience. <laughs> I know, and that's what
1: you saying with me. I think, you know, if I, if I ever was to write a show, it'd have to be something about so specific that happened in my life. But... um. I prefer being behind the scenes. I'm okay with that. Yeah, but, um, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think if you ever get a chance to see Chris's show, watch it. It's really, it's really great. Oh, you well, know, that, big, big that 20 minutes
0: stuff last stuff. year was brilliant. Really good. Very quick as well. Very good with an audience.
1: Yeah, good good impressions. Really relatable, especially to working class people, which is yeah. our awesome. yeah. upbringing. Appreciate Um, it. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Cheers, great, good stuff. For the plug, appreciate it.
0: (laughs) Definitely, definitely. I will, I will, will, well, I'll come and see you in in Hastings next year. Um, Who are your favorite comedians, past and present?
1: Mm. I mean, I've 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 always, always been a fan of comedy. I mean, most people are, but I remember a very, very young age, um, kind of going in the 80s. I was born in 83 you Know watching Monty Python with my dad, um, Only Fools and Horses, <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of, I remember watching Eddie Murphy actually, Delirious when I was quite young and being blown away, and some Richard Pryor, um, and then into the 90s, you know, the stuff that was on TV like Harry Enfield, Fast Show, Million Big, Big Train, Space, all that, all that sitcoms that were kind of coming out in the 90s, um. I'm a sucker for Alan Partridge, to be honest, as well. You know, t- I suppose like comedians that we actually book, you know, Tony Law, I'm a big fan of. And I remember we're getting, us getting the opportunity to book him. I said to Chris, we've got to try and get Tony Law. I love, love him. And we do, <laughs> yeah. we book him every year.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I'm, I'm, there's so many good comedians that we book each year that I just leave thinking, that was brilliant. And there's so yeah. many to name, really. Uh, that's, that's magic people, of it.
0: That's the magic of it. When you when when you go and you sit down and you think this is fantastic, I'm having the best time ever, and it's of the moment. It's just the best thing.
2: Yeah, Yeah. I um. I kind of I remember growing up and watching uh, comedy on the telly as a kid, and it was always a bit unconventional. There was always a Roy Cobby Brown on the background, a bit of Jim Davidson, and there was always kind of comedy. Video DVDs flying around. Um, Lee Evans for me, growing up, was just an absolute. It, I remember being like ten or eleven years old and being like, Lee Evans for me is the funniest. You know what I mean? The funniest
1: man alive.
0: Probably um, the best visual comedian ever. I would yeah, and his,
1: and his shows are long as well. I've I've rewatched some recently with my son. It's like, like t- two-hour show, and then he yeah. ends with a singing on, like playing a piano. It's him uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in Brighton and I just thought and it was but right, it was the monsters tours
2: before we kind of yeah. quit doing comedy but the the, the show that's, the show that stood out for me that actually got me properly writing a show was when I watched Russell Kane's Smokescreens and Castles that for me was 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 kind of fundamental to like me wanting to to structure a show that told a story um and that's that's when I wrote Serial for Dinner and uh and I was like for me it was it was it was um it was Kane, but uh,
1: yeah, really?
2: I remember when I first saw first saw Russell Hicks, and for me, when I first saw Russell Hicks, I was like, that for me was, and it was in, I think it might have been a, in Brighton, and there was a real kind of, I must have been about 15 people in the audience, a real kind of, you know, last minute thing, he came down and did his thing, and I just, I literally laughed for about 90 minutes at Solid, all the way through, and I was just crying, and I was like, that is a, a special <laughs> And so, so that's is a very good talent there's, there's no doubt yes, yeah, except, yeah. exceptional but we love finding we love every time we have put the festival on we always find a, a kind of brand new favorite whether it's like john robinson's dark room or whether it's you know it's it's uh
1: yeah it's 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 yeah i think there's but, loads of good female comedians as well that we really love and Oh enjoy yeah, year, like Maisie adam helen bauer tanya moore yeah. you know um yes yeah, so you know, yeah that's brilliant you know you can watch them every time it's just yeah Mm -hmm. mickey Overman's great as well so we've got that you know that that kind of core group of acts as well that we love um but yeah yeah yeah, i I mean there's so much and i think i think as a britain we're very lucky to have kind of like the, the, the level of comedy and comedians and writers and actors in comedy that we have very much so we're for choice aren't we really yeah very very
0: much so that's why the blog exists i've seen so many my first ever show with uh, my mum and dad and my brother was in scarborough in 1974 and it was les dawson and then and then who was just incredible he's in my top five and a year later we saw tommy cooper and he was extraordinary and I just got the bug for it. And I and, and I, I, I just love going that the whole process of going, uh, sitting down, uh, the group of comedians who made me laugh, just amazing. The, the, the first time I went to the comedy store in the 1980s, it was Linda Smith, um, uh, um, Phil Jupitus, Richard Morton, and there was a there was a, the headliner was a chap called Charles Fleischer, who nobody ever heard of again, an American visual comedian who um, went on to voice Roger Rabbit. He was never seen.
1: Oh, right. Well, actually, Chris, Chris can do
0: a pretty good
2: Roger Rabbit impression. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of, my, one of my top five impressions
0: is Roger Rabbit. Again. I'm definitely <laughs> coming to see the show for the impressions.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so he's, okay, it's really good. It's really good. So,
0: but it is. Yeah. It's just. It, it's just fantastic. When you get chance like me, do you go to comedy as a member of members of the audience? Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. We
1: like, actually went to see uh, Tim Key a couple of weeks ago up in London. What an act! Yeah. Yeah. Again, took my son. I mean, me and Chris, we try try to. I mean, I, I would probably like to go to more. Um, but we definitely go up. We go up to we go up to the Bill Murray, don't we? Every every now and then, So Kevin Bridges early on in the year. Uh, Leicester, we go to every year, don't we? Hull, Hull, backyard. Um, to yeah, so
2: the, yeah, and locally as well. We try to pop over and, and mm. you know to Brighton and to and, and uh, events that are happening in Hastings. When we first started doing the comedy, the comedy scene in Hastings, it it, it wasn't it wasn't great.
1: Right. Outside, you know, outside, like, outside of the theatre, oh, we've got White Rock Theatre, which is great. I mean, Frankie Boyle's booked to be yeah. there on his tour next year, which is gonna mm. be good. Yeah, outside of the theatre, it was few and far between, wasn't it? Yeah, So it's always good
2: to see when there's comedy nights going on. Was it Paul? Paul Foot was in town the other day, you know. And yeah, so so it's uh, we're we're always kind of like happy to see that to see the kind of progression of. Well, I might,
0: I might, I might see you in Leicester. Might see you in London. You never know. Uh, but I will definitely see you in Hastings. Um if I was to set up a comedy. Fringe festival, what advice would you both give me? I would probably
1: say listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> or yes. to
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. good answer. <laughs> um,
2: what advice would we give you? I mean, it's having a really good relationship to the venue that you're in, um, from from the ground up, uh, having a really good relationship with the acts that you're putting in there. You know, um, getting the branding right, getting your budget right, um, you know, making sure you're investing a good amount of time in, in making sure that it works, so that it continues to work rather than just a kind of one-hit pony. Um, give it some longevity.
1: Um, I'd also and- say be reali- be realistic with what you can achieve, because you know you, you'll overwhelm yourself and you you you'll set yourself actions and tasks that you just won't be able to complete. I think it's, you've got to have a good team around you. I mean, me and Chris are very fortunate to work really well together. I wouldn't probably suggest doing it by yourself as well. And I know some people do event planning by themselves, but that must be very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just having a good relationship, maintaining that relationship with people, with the community as well, whether it's the local community in Hastings and St. Leonard's or the comedy industry, you know? So you do. it's, it's about maintaining it, really. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sustaining it, keeping it going, yeah, yeah.
1: Selecting venues that work for comedy.
2: So, you know, whenever we're selecting a venue that is part of the festival, we're, we're like, okay, would would we or would I perform there? And if the answer is yes, then it, it, it might go into the part of being a venue. Otherwise, you know, it, it, it sometimes it doesn't work because we have to make sure that, you know, if, a, if an act's coming down to the festival they're in a venue that works for comedy, I think, I think that's fair to everyone, then, including the venue, so we're not kind of misleading and saying, yeah, we can put comedy in the side of this room, we'll put a PA system up there, and it's like put a banner up on a stage, and they're like, oh, okay, then, and it doesn't doesn't always work like that. So we have to make sure the venues are just, yeah, good, good for purpose.
0: I find it amazing that uh, if there is a pub with a room in it, there is normally a comedy night in it. Somebody has has organized a comedy night in it. And that is so healthy for the comedy industry. But I wouldn't have a clue about how to go about
1: it. So thank you very much for doing it so well. Oh, that's okay. Thank, thank you for coming. You. And uh yeah, it's been it's been nice seeing you at shows, Rich. It really has.
0: Well, it's my pleasure, and I'm definitely, definitely coming to the 2023 one i might i might even with my new job hopefully get the whole week off and come for the entire thing for the first there you
1: time go. it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's uh, wednesday june the 14th to yeah. sunday june the 18th brilliant, brilliant. well we're, we're, uh, we've, got a, we've
2: got a we've got a proposal surprise for you rich we'd, oh, um, we'd, we'd like you to be a guest judge next year at the newcomer of the year competition
0: Oh, that would be amazing. I I would be absolutely delighted. That would be fantastic. Thank you so so much.
2: No, you that's not a problem. We thought well, actually, there's a if there's an individual that that knows comedy, you know, from the inside out, it's yourself, and, it, and it'll be our pleasure to, to to have you down and and do that with us. So
0: well, that's 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 so so kind of you. Thank you so much. I'd be delighted. Um. Just before we go, and I could talk to you both all night, this has been wonderful. You've been fantastic guests. Is there anything else you'd like to say, anything you'd like to uh, promote apart from the comedy festival? Anything at all?
2: I guess if this is going out next June, I guess we'll, we'll see you in a few weeks. If you want to yes. Come down and, uh, yeah, come down and see, you know, one of the, probably one of the, you know, best kept secrets in, in live comedy and down on the seafront and uh, the, the fish and chips are good, the comedy's good, the weather's usually good. It is, they
0: are.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow, follow, us, on, follow <laughs> us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, okay, I think we've got the Twitter account, at Hastings yeah, Comedy uh, Festival. At yeah. Hastings Comedy
0: Festival, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so, so much, as I say. And I, for one, cannot wait for the 2023 Hastings Comedy Festival. I will be there, <laughs> my friends. All of very best to you, and thank you so thank much you for, for talking to me. Uh-